Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, we are back. Still in for Bill. He'll be back on Wednesday. Grant, we're going to start the show with breaking news. But yeah. I must ask you first. Hello, sir. How are you? How was the weekend? I'm good. My weekend was good. I'm a little jealous of Bill because every time I open Instagram, he's <laughs> posting pictures on a beach. Yeah, he's we're going to... lounging in the sun. We're going to have to talk about that. There's some... There's some best best practices on Instagram that I think uh, at least I need to inform him about, and they relate to not posting pictures twice. <laughs> Did he do that? Yeah, every one, which seems like an easy thing to avoid. But we can so address good that. To post it twice. We can address that later in the show. Uh, it, it it feels like a Monday today, in that uh, a lot went on during the weekend. Some of it really bad. Some of it eh, not great. And then we return to work today, and I, I guess we are rewarded for the hardship we went through, mostly Saturday night, having to watch really an embarrassment of a performance by the Bucks losing Game 3 to the Heat. They're down 2-1, to one, but there is breaking news to start the show today. Shams Charania tweets out that Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo will return to the lineup in Game 4 versus the Heat tonight, barring any setbacks. There are videos of Giannis out at shoot-around today with the rest of the team. So, I mean, great news on that front. Yeah. I would ask if people are concerned. I think this is what this is where a lot of the concern lies. With Giannis's injury? You think you think Giannis coming back just puts people at ease, everyone's relaxed, everything's cool now? Is that what you're saying? I think it should. Okay. I think that's the starting point. I mean, we'll get into the game on Saturday, but much of the much of the problems the team is facing, has faced, despite what Reggie Miller and others want to tell you, are due to the fact that Giannis has not been on the court. They've they've been playing some of the worst defense I have seen the Bucks play. And without Giannis, clearly that's a big piece of it. So I, him being back, at least to me, changes everything. Like, all is good. They probably win in six. It's a bad heat. It's a, it's a heat team that they should be able to roll over without much resistance. Yeah. I mean, I, they're lucky they're not down on three right now. And last time we talked, Ben, I was pretty positive. It's like, look, if Giannis is playing, we're not even talking about this. I, I don't know. Saturday was a little scary because this Bucks defense doesn't seem to have an answer. And Giannis coming back, you know, he's a human pterodactyl and covers all the ground and he does so much for this defense. hundred percent. Totally. You keep saying that the heat aren't good. I agree that they're not as good as the Bucks. I agree that they're not good relative to the rest of the playoff picture. The problem is when you let a team feel itself and get hot for three games, they don't know that they're not good. They don't care. Right, this is the problem, and, and this is the problem in 2020 when the Bucks would let teams jack a ton of threes. It's like, oh, the Magic aren't this good at shooting threes, or the Heat aren't this good at shooting threes. But yeah, if you give them a ton of great looks and let them build confidence and let them build mojo, then it doesn't really matter if they're good because they're rolling and they're confident. And I, I think this Heat team is rolling, and I think they're feeling confident. And the Bucks have given them a little bit of a head start. So even with Giannis coming back, I, I think this is going to be a challenge. But that's more of a story on the Bucs. That's where I come up. That's where we get to Saturday's game. 
That's more of a Bucks thing than a Heat thing. I do not believe that is the Heat being a formidable foe. They're still an eight seed. And they're an eight seed with veteran talent, you know, with players that have been there and won and have experience. They're they're a better eight seed than maybe you would face year in and year out, where they've actually been to a finals, whether it was a fake finals or not. But I think that's a Bucks problem. It's a Bucks problem that they've let them into the series, that they've given them really the ability to feel confident and actually feel like like a team that's better than they are. Like I look at Saturday's game, Grant, and the Bucks look like the eight seed in terms of how they played, in terms of really the the attitude on the court, it, whether it was getting out hustled, getting out rebounded, sloppy turnovers. It was just a complete and total dud, and that's a dud that I expect from an eight seed in that spot. Meanwhile, the Heat looked like the team that actually had something significant to play for. But I, I look at the Bucks and I blame them for that. I don't yeah. give the Heat credit. Like, yeah, the Heat have taken advantage of it. But that's a Bucks problem. That's a Bucks problem where even without Giannis, you lay two of those duds in a three-game stretch. For a championship team, you just can't do that. Yeah, I tweeted something on Saturday night along these lines. I think it's my oldest man tweet ever. Like, this, this tweet sounds like it's from a 50-year-old Grant. I'm going to read it to you. The Bucks are fighting for a chance at an NBA title, and the Heat are fighting to get eliminated in the next three weeks. Not that you'd know by watching them play tonight, exclamation point. I felt like, like a very old man tweeting that, but it's true, right? Like, the roles are reversed. The Heat have the energy that the Bucks should have, and they're playing with the motivation that the Bucks should have. The Bucks have a legit shot at winning a title, a great shot at winning a title. They're the one seed great path through the East. They don't have to see the Sixers who are going to be rested or the Celtics who look really good. They don't have to see both of those teams. They only have to see one of them and it'll be in the conference finals. And Ben, I'm watching the West. I don't know that there's a great juggernaut team out there. This Bucks team has a great chance to go on a run and win an NBA title. And they're not really playing like it. Like they don't really seem like they're playing with the moxie and the mojo and the drive that a title favorite should. The Heat are. The Heat are playing like they're just glad to be out there playing basketball, having a blast, fighting for, you know, whatever game they're put in. The, the energy is reversed, at least through three games. Here's the worst part about all of that, is it, it feels very avoidable. Like, things happen in the playoffs. Things happen in sports. You're going to have to go out there without your best player sometimes. Yep. But that shouldn't be the reason that certain things don't happen. If anything, we watch game two. And the performance they put out, and, and while it may have been an outlier in terms of how hot they got from everywhere and at every level, they showed you in game two that they can roll over the heat without Giannis. Or they, they have, exactly, they have the ability to comfortably win this series even without the best player, which makes Saturday that much more disappointing. 121 to 99, that was the loss. It was never close. They were sloppy with the basketball, 18 total turnovers. It didn't feel as though they had much of a, like in game one, even when Giannis goes down, they went on runs to get back in the game. The Heat yeah. just hit big shots and it ended up going their way. This game never even felt like that was going to happen. It never even felt possible. The first quarter felt like an honest to goodness basketball game. And then at the end of the first quarter, the Bucks offense shut off and the Heat scored, I think, like the final, I don't want to be wrong, but I think it was about the final 12 to 15 points of the quarter. Went on a big run to end the quarter. And then they scored like the first five or six points of the second quarter. 
So what was a close game and, and we're off to a good start. Drew Holiday's looking good. Well, now all of a sudden you're playing with a 20-point deficit and the Bucks went on like little runs here and there. They'd go on a 5-0-6-0 run and they'd get it to 12 or 11 points, but then he would hit a shot and it would get no closer. It's really frustrating. Here's a question, Ben. Is it bad when Drew Holiday starts the game hot? Because he started hot, he was hitting everything, and then it seemed like their entire offense just became Drew Holiday taking shots. When maybe Drew Holiday starting the game hot, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe maybe we don't want that. And I want to talk about Chris Middleton in a second, but the Bucks started and it looked like an honest-to-goodness basketball game, and then a la our Wisconsin Badgers, the offense shut off, and that kind of set up the rest of the game to play out the way that it did. Yeah, there's a beautiful connection to be drawn whenever any team sucks at offense. Well, Badger basketball. There you go. Beautiful is. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder in that setting. It depends what you're into. Uh, 877-867-1670. We're reacting to the Bucks' loss to the Heat on Saturday. They're down 2-1 in the series. The story of today and the game tonight, obviously, is that Giannis, it looks like he will be back. And there's a lot to get into there in terms of whether all is fine, whether, okay, they win tonight, they win in six, it's fine. He's back. They're much better than the Heat with him on the court. And maybe he is the difference in terms of now everybody plays sharper, plays with more energy. But I want to ask you this. Biggest disappointment from Saturday night in a game full of them. Because even if they have no trouble with the Heat with Giannis back, Giannis isn't going to win the NBA title by himself. There are supplementary pieces up and down the roster, whether it's the big ones in Middleton and Holiday. I, myself, biggest disappointment from Saturday, Brooke Lopez, bar none. After what we saw in game two with just domination inside, that's how they started the game. That's how they got hot before the three-point shooting uh, started to fall. Brooke Lopez was three for nine from from the floor. He was minus 17 and somewhat of a complete non-factor on offense where somehow it just, the the efficiency wasn't there, the dominance inside wasn't there, uh, and points in the paint, which is an area that you expect the Bucks to beat the Heat handily, especially after game two. That's how they, again, built the lead before really extending it. The Heat beat the Bucks in the paint by 10, 46 to 36. So when I think disappointments from... Uh, from Saturday's game, Brooke Lopez is is definitely at the top of the list. And again, I mentioned, okay, what does what does this mean going forward? Even if Giannis is back tonight and the Bucks win somewhat easily, even if he's all good for Game Five and Game Six, and l- let's say the Bucks close it out in six, which I still think, if Giannis is healthy, that is what I still think they'll do. What do we take from these duds? What does it mean for for maybe the team going forward? 877-867-1670. You want to chime in? That's that's how you do it. Uh, Grant, are you back? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It yes, we're good. A, a Bill Michaels show without a little technical bump in the first 15 minutes. Never. That's what the first quarter's for. You work out the issues, but then for the second, the third, the fourth, you're supposed to have them cleared up. This is not what the Bucks did on Saturday. Your biggest appointment or disappointment was Brooke. I, I think mine was Chris Middleton. I don't look at stats during the games. Part of it is laziness. Like, I I don't want to dig deep into the numbers and have to write things down. Like, sometimes I just want to watch a basketball game. But Chris Middleton, especially, is sometimes a player where the statistics don't always 
match the eye test. Like Chris could score 30 like he did in game one. And I, I would think, eh, actually not his best game because I saw a lot of you know loose carelessness with the ball and this and that and the other thing. He had five turnovers on Saturday and so did Drew. But it, it's just in these close contested games without Giannis, ball security is so important and possessions are at a premium. And Chris is just throwing it around, man. Like he's just throwing it around. He's throwing bad passes. He's dribbling into double teams and he's losing the ball. Like I would rather have 20 points from Chris Middleton, very ball secure, very protective of the ball, very efficient, rather than 30 points with a bunch of turnovers. And a real, I'd rather have a clean 20 than a dirty 30. Look at it that way. And, and sometimes less is more with Middleton. And Saturday was yet another example of that. I'm with you there. Two losses, 10 turnovers total for Middleton. Yeah. Which can't happen. No. And, and he, Drew, Drew is bad too. Like he was dribbling into traffic and doing things that I didn't get. But Middleton is not the point guard. Like Middleton shouldn't have to put the ball in danger and, and put the ball on the line. Drew does a little bit. Part of that is is part of the point guard position, especially without Giannis, but not for Chris. There are a lot of things that are happening right now that should not have to happen yet are with this team. And that's the concern. I want to get into uh, when we come back an eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670 reacting to the bucks game, uh, the loss against the heat on Saturday and Giannis is what seems like his pending return uh, coming up tonight in game four against the heat. But what does all this mean? Maybe going forward as we look to the rest of the playoffs, whether the depth pieces are doing enough, a, a slop fest of a game from the Bucks, 18 total turnovers again. What can we take away? Is all fine when Giannis is back? Or do we look forward maybe now with a critical eye after two of the three playoff games they've played have been complete and total duds? That's all coming up. Uh, it's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills here with you uh, on this somewhat beautiful Monday morning, at least here in, in Madison, Wisconsin. We have Aaron Rodgers updates coming up at 11. Seem to finally be some movement going on on that front as we are officially in Aaron Rodgers week. It's draft week, but we know if we've learned anything from the last two years that Aaron Rodgers will likely dominate the conversation. That's coming up. A lot of NFL draft discussion. Not a great weekend for the Brewers. There's a lot to get to. Uh, And the Wisconsin spring football game or game adjacent, the launch on Saturday. I guess you could say the offense there uh, somewhat reflected the Bucks' performance on Saturday. We'll get more into that as, as time goes along. 877-867-1670. We'll talk Bucks. We'll talk the rest of the playoffs when we come back. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben, Kenny, Grant, Bills, and for Bill. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ben Kenny, Grant, Bills. In for Bill today. He seems to be uh, enjoying the beach out in Florida. If you follow him on the social feeds, a lot of, a lot of content being thrown up there. Uh, 877-867-1670. So the Bucks lose game three to the Heat on Saturday. Again, they, they trail two to one. The breaking news 
of the day, or at least the breaking news to start the day, you figure more news will be coming out, is that Giannis is set to play tonight. Giannis is set to return after the back contusion suffered in game one. The Bucks went, I guess, one and two without him, counting the first game. It went down in the first quarter. Grant, I, I think the question I want to I start with here as we expand upon the Bucks, both going into tonight and going into the rest of the playoffs, is are, are the Bucks in trouble? Generally speaking. And that could mean, are they in trouble against the Heat? Which I don't necessarily think so, unless they lose tonight. And then, obviously, game away from elimination, they will be. But are the Bucks in trouble? Going deep in the playoffs, has, has your outlook on what they can achieve or, or what they should achieve changed based on the fact that two out of the three games they played in the playoffs have been utter duds and, and somewhat embarrassing performances. Well, yes. Long answer short, because even if Giannis is coming back and even if the heat have shot really well and they played better than expected, they're still down two to one. And I get it's a seven game series, but if the heat come out and shoot 80% tonight, because God smiles on the Miami heat and not the bucks, right? Like now you're down three, one and the series is effectively over even with two of the next three games in Miami. So I, I get it. I, I think the most likely outcome is the bucks probably win in six or seven, but when you fall behind two to nothing and now you got to play in Miami again, like, yeah, you're in danger of losing the series, which as the one seeded bucks, the title favorites with a small window with the best player in the world. Yeah. You're in trouble. Even if you're still expected to win the series, it's still a stressful, potentially catastrophic situation. Here's the other thing. The Sixers, without Embiid for the last game, swept the Nets, but they're dealing with an injury to their star. And now they have a certain number of off days to get healthier and get yeah. fresher before they play the next series. The NBA playoffs is a month-plus long grind where you could end up playing a maximum of, what, 28 games? There could be a lot of games in there where... It's not like the NFL where you know you're you're playing three or four and then you're in the Super Bowl. But the longer this series goes against the Heat, no matter what the next opponent is, inherently the less fresh and the less rested the Bucks will be going forward, which isn't a big concern. But when you're dealing with an injury to your star, it could be, depending on the severity, depending on what he looks like tonight. Like if he yeah, comes out tonight on- and, and, and looks hurt, it looks like the back's tightening up and, and isn't as effective. I, I will come away very concerned, win or loss. If it comes out, looks great, Bucks win by 15, I, I think all is well. I, I think tonight tells us everything, really. Yeah, there's there's a lot on the line tonight, Ben. and I, I'm stressed. I, I'm not enjoying my life, in my sports life, at the current <laughs> moment. Like, I don't, I mean, to put this on you, I don't mean to make this everyone else's problem. I woke up this morning full of dread. I had like a two-second period where I'm like, oh, I slept great. It's a nice morning. And then I remembered everything that's going on. And I, I'm just not having a good day. This game needs to happen. And I'm stressed about it. And the Giannis injury that you just mentioned is one of the reasons why, right? The fact that they're down two to one playing in Miami is a reason why this series just wasn't supposed to be this hard. And sometimes an early challenge, maybe it's not the end of the world, but like, look at the Celtics last year, Ben. They had to go seven games against the Bucks in the second round, which I think tired them out. Then they end up going seven games against the Heat in the next round, I think in part because the Bucs series went so long. And then they get to the finals and they look a little tired. I think the Celtics were better than the Warriors. And if they were rested a little bit more, maybe they win. So it all adds up. 
or it's like interest, right? It accrues as the playoffs go along and all that fatigue and that wear and tear, it stacks up, it piles up, and it starts to affect the next game in the next series, like you said. 877-867-1670. There is a Twitter question at Ben Z. Kenny. Are the Bucks in trouble versus the Heat in this series or long-term? I still think they beat the Heat in six, and I would continue to bet on the better team playing like a better team. But the beauty of sports is that you don't just play the game on, on paper, right? Even if the Bucks are prohibitive favorites, you still have to go out there and do it. So another dud of a performance, another slop fest on the offensive end. Yes, obviously it makes their chances in the series tougher, but looking long-term, I think that's where they could be in trouble. So when I ask, are the Bucks in trouble versus the Heat or long-term, 54% say yes so far. I, I tend more towards the long-term view in terms of, again, yeah, like you said, how much exertion does it take to beat this Heat team? How much energy will they have going forward? And I guess it's a good thing that the next opponent will likely be the Knicks, who I also don't view at as very good, to be honest. Yeah. Not very put together offensively, if, if you watch the scores of those games. So maybe that's good. Maybe that's the get-right series. But you got to get by the Heat first, down 2-1 on opposing court with, with a team that's, that's feeling themselves. 877-867-1670. So, so the Twitter question's up there at Ben Z. Kenny. Are the Bucks in trouble? Uh, let's get to the phones. Let's do this. 877-867-1670. Line one. You're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Uh, Joe from DePere. Joe, what's up, buddy? How are you? Yeah, I guess the Bucks are in trouble. They don't. They, I was just depressed watching the last game, just how poor the offense looked and how... I didn't understand what they were doing. It was like bring the ball down, try and back them down, try and take a three-point shot. There was no movement, and I was disheartened. It's like that can't be. You watch the Golden State Warriors uh, yesterday, and they're moving the darn ball, and it's all about movement, getting that ball moving. And the Bucks, it was, it was like, is this really basketball? For those of you who's coached or played basketball, is that really what basketball looks like nowadays? That was disheartening. So I hope they're not relying too much. On, I mean, obviously they rely a lot on, on Giannis, but you have two other guys who are supposed to be superstars and Drew and Middleton, and they either got to step up or they're not really what we thought they were. I don't even Thanks. Giannis's return. I appreciate the phone call, man. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Grant Giannis's return means a lot for this team. He's the best player in the world, but I'm still, even with him back, I'm looking at the rest of the team. I, I'm looking at Drew. I'm looking at Chris Middleton. I'm looking at Brooke Lopez. It's still about all those guys to me in terms of taking care of the heat and going forward for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Giannis coming back hopefully doesn't mean, well, the Bucks now have a walking 33 points, 16 rebounds, and eight assists. Hopefully it means that Middleton and Drew are asked to do a little bit less and Brooke is asked to do a little bit less. Everyone slides back into their role. Right, and in their role, they'll be more successful. So hopefully Chris Middleton plays more efficiently and Drew Holiday can maybe play a little bit more defense while still adding a little bit of offense. And I, I don't know. I'm not looking for Giannis to come back and save the day. I'm looking for Giannis to come back and stabilize things and make everyone comfortable and, and put everyone back in the role that they're intended to play. Oh, for the energy around him to automatically improve as well. There could be something yeah. there where this team knows that without Giannis, they're probably not going that far. I still expect them to beat the Heat without him, but in terms of title aspirations, so the return of him, that's the boost. 
where the star comes back and everybody, I hate to say it in video game terms, but it's, it's like everyone gets, gets their energy boosted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just by his presence. Wow. I, and, you know, last week, Ben, we, we badmouthed the Sixers a little bit because the Sixers can get a little dramatic, they can get a little caught up in, in immaturity. I watched Chris Middleton on Saturday. Like, look, buddy, I, I know you're not getting a great whistle, but you still got to play basketball. Very Jason Tatum-esque. Yes. The way you don't get a call once or twice and it got in your head. And now you're playing sloppy and you're whining and you're letting it take over the game. Giannis does not do that. Now, I wish the rest of the Bucks would still hold themselves to that standard when Giannis isn't out there, but that wasn't the case on Saturday. So hopefully Giannis's return matures this team a little bit. God, we shouldn't be saying that, but here we are. <laughs> Right, that's something, well, with the veteran coach and with veteran players, that's something that should be a given, which is why I, I, I sent out on Twitter about the game on Saturday and about how, I, how much of an embarrassment, for lack of a better term, it was because this is not a first time through the playoffs one seed. This is a championship team, and those games should, really should never be an output from a team that's supposed to be that good and has shown it. Uh, speaking of roles, though, you mentioned Giannis's return and what it means. I hope it means less minutes for Pat Connaughton. Fewer minutes for Pat Connaughton. Hey. Can we speak on the fact that, that of everybody on the court last night, nobody, when he was on the court, was outscored more by than Pat Connaughton? And plus minus doesn't mean everything. But you need, he was fine shooting. I don't know. It's... They're relying obviously heavily on those guys, on on Ingles and, and Connaughton and Carter. I like in my ideal world, the bench doesn't matter. You just need the bench to hold court, hold serve. You don't need them to ignite a run, which is what they needed on Saturday. You know, for all Bucks fans that are complaining about the Heat shooting such a high percentage from three, you know, Grayson Allen hit four of seven. Pat Connaughton hit three of six. Like, their role players, for the most part, hit their threes. It's everything else, right? The three-point shooting, I, I don't know if it's been as instructive on the series as folks want to think. Like, game one, Heat hit 60%. Oh, my God. Well, they only took 25. So that total really isn't as bad as you think, right? Game two, the Bucks shot through the roof. The Heat also shot really well. And then, of course, game three, the Heat and the Bucks, Like, the Bucks didn't shoot seven of 35 from three. They hit 15 threes. That's a good, healthy amount. So for all of the discourse that we've had about three-point shooting, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I don't think it's the only thing like a lot of folks want to make it out to be. Like somebody tweeted at me on Saturday. It was funny, but it's not correct. It's like these NBA playoff games are decided by which team's white guys hit the most threes. And there's like a shred of like funny truth in there that Jimmy Butler's incredible and Giannis is incredible, but really it's, 40-year-old Kevin Love and Duncan, Duncan Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. But, again, Grayson Allen hit his threes. Pat Connaughton hit a handful of threes. Like, the Bucks have held their own. It's all the other things that have gone south. And you mentioned Pat Connaughton. Like, Pat Connaughton can't defend anyone. Right? That's what, he cannot defend anyone. That's the thing. That's the thing for me when you talk about the bench unit. And this team needs stops. The offensive side is something that is easier to control, at least in my eyes. With Giannis back, it'll be better. But it's something that, like, after last game, I don't think it can be that bad. I guess it could be that bad again. It depends how you look at it. It depends on your outlook, right? When, when people say that game one, oh, the Heat aren't going to shoot that well again. It's like they could. They just did it. 
They just showed you that they have the ability to do it. Would you rely on them having that great of a game again? Probably not from deep in terms of efficiency. But if a team shows you they can do something, what's to say they can't do it again? Which is kind of what the Heat did. But also the, the thing that concerns me more and the thing I, I look at more in terms of the problem with what's gone on is this team has not defended anything in the two losses. The Heat have gotten exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Which, which you mentioned it, that's how you let an eight seed, a pesky eight seed with a, a, a history of winning. Like the Heat have been a, a pretty darn good franchise. Yeah. That, that's how you let them in. And once they're in, that's when you have issues. Well, and, and most of these Heat guys played in a finals, even if it's a finals that, you know, I like to say it doesn't count. It counts, but come on. I'll confidently Kyle, say the, it does not count. Okay, you can say it, and I'll agree for the most part. But Kyle Lowry played in an NBA Finals in 2019, and Kevin Love's played in a bunch of NBA Finals. Like, there's a lot of postseason experience on this team. Absolutely. But, Ben, your comments on the defense and the Heat getting everything they want, this Bucks team over the last couple of years has made their bones in the postseason on defense. That's what this team has been about. The Nets score a ton of points. Right, and the Warriors score a ton of points, and all of these other contending teams through the years score a ton of points. The Celtics score a lot of points, but the Bucks have the number one defense with the bullet. That's their calling card. They defend. They beat you up on the offensive glass. They haven't really done those things. The defense hasn't looked good, and they haven't played physical. The Heat looked like they were playing a football game on Saturday, and the Bucks were just kind of on their heels the whole game. Chris Middleton, most notably, that's what my eyes saw and told me is Chris Middleton was getting thrown around, and he didn't handle it well. And that's kind of a microcosm for the rest of the team. This team needs to be physical and play defense because that's the only way they're going to win. Like they won two years ago. And that's controllable. Yes. That's totally controllable, which is what makes Saturday the the dud and the embarrassment that it was, in my opinion. 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Hey, Ben, you got Court out in uh, Whitewater. How you doing? What's up, Court? How are you feeling today? Uh, uh, I'm not worried yet. I'm a little concerned. And uh, I want to preface this by saying I like Coach Bud. I, when they went and got him, I thought it was the <laughs> perfect coach at the right time. You know, you know, um, what's his name? Coach at San Antonio. His name just escapes my Popovich. mind. Disciple of, uh, Popovich. He's yep. perfect. You know, everything. But I, I, I like Coach Bud. But. <laughs> yep, but. I get frustrated with him a little bit because he sometimes he just doesn't adjust. He sticks to what he's doing. Game two, it was uh, Lopez just killing him down low, killing him. They hit the threes, don't get me wrong, but Brooke Lopez got 25 points and the bulk of them came down low. And it's like he just totally abandoned that that uh, that part of the game uh, on Saturday. And it just sometimes I think he just doesn't adjust when he needs to adjust. Now, I know that you guys have – said this on this uh, program, I think it's both you guys, you and Grant, saying adjustments by coaches are overrated at times in the playoffs, but sometimes you do have to make some type of adjustments to to make things click for your team. That's just that's, that's just my feeling on it. I, I, like I said, I like the guy, but sometimes he can frustrate me extremely. The only thing is, I don't know if you can adjust for your team not playing hard enough and not playing a buttoned up basketball game. Can't you, don't you think that he can pull him aside? You know, he's never been an in-your-face coach. I mean, I would love to see him once on the sideline, you know, slam a clipboard down, give their attention, whatever. We know that yeah. Middleton's not going to play like defense. That. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. Middleton is there to hit the mid-range jumper and, and drill a three. 
Drew's trying to, trying to do all he can. Now, I know that we don't have the greatest player in the world playing right now, but I came on the show last week, and I, bet, I said our team is deep enough to beat this Heat team even without Giannis. It should be. And yeah. I still think we will. I still think we will. But, but it just, uh, you know, just got to do something. You got to say something or do something to shake up the team. And I know we're in the playoffs. You're playing for an NBA championship. You shouldn't have to motivate these guys. But sometimes I think you got to do something to, to, to get them ready to go. I, I don't know what it is, but they just looked awful on Saturday night. Yeah. Now I'm with you. I, I appreciate it, Court, as always. Um, oh, but before we let you go, are, you feel fine about tonight? Giannis back. Are they winning easily? Do I feel fine? Oh, Court dropped off. No, I was going to ask Court. Well, well, also you as well. But uh, real quick, I love that take. But has to break a clipboard in front of him. But let's like let's be honest for a second here. In the NBA, picture yourself as an NBA coach, or think about how you view the NBA. Does that work? Does a coach coming into the huddle and screaming at the players work? No. In the NBA, no, it doesn't. To, like in football. Okay, I could see it. It's a fiery sport. You get the O-line coach yelling. That's just how that's how that's the that's the aura around football. In basketball, like that's first of all, I don't think that's what the players want as a coach. No. It doesn't seem like any of the successful coaches are screaming at their players these days. And say what you want about the the state of the league, but that's just the coach's role in in basketball is different than other sports. So I don't, yeah. I don't know how effective that would be to fire them up. It's like they shouldn't need to be fired up. That's Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, guys that have won titles. They shouldn't need a coach to tell them to bring the energy. Well, they have a great chance, again, like I said, to win another title. Like, that should be motivation enough. And, and I'm with you. Maybe it's a, a thing on the state of the league. I guess Ime Udoka got in some guys' faces last year, and then his you know, coaching tenure went south for reasons. Yes. So there are examples Reasons. of it, but you know, you're a fan of the Sixers, Ben. Can you imagine Doc Rivers coming into the huddle? <laughs> hey guys, you can't play with your meat. We gotta we gotta get out there and like no. No one's buying into that. Like most huddles, it looks like you're just complete crap. Well, there was play a... with energy, play random, run around. They know what the deal is. He had a good huddle, and the closest he got to pumping them up was just yelling, Come on, guys. Yeah, but it wasn't. He wasn't yelling. He was just like, "Yo, like, what are we doing here?" Which I, yeah, Bud could do, but Bud's not playing the game. Bud's not the one getting out rebounded and outscored in the paint and getting beaten. I'm just gonna. This is the last thing I'll say on this on adjustments. Maybe adjustments overrated. Maybe that's a little reductive to say, but now everyone's talking about drop coverage. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't like being lectured on drop coverage by people who refused to talk bucks for the first five months of the season. And now we're into the playoffs and they, this drop coverage, it's not, you can't calm down. Like their drop coverage is really successful. The problem is they don't have Giannis. So Brooks covered more ground and that's difficult. And I don't think it's the coverage itself. I think it's a foot here or six inches here. It's just executing the coverages that they have a little bit better with a little bit more aggression. I don't think sea change is what's needed. I think it's a little more aggression and, an extra little bit of a closeout here, right? An extra reach here. That's going to be the difference. Not some whole change adjustment that changes the scheme entirely. 877-867-1670. If you want to get a hold of the show, do it. Reacting to the Bucks' loss to the Heat Saturday. A disappointment, to say the least. And we will talk NFL draft coming up at 11. A lot more coming up. 
today. We can take your calls when we come back, though. Concern about the Bucks. Twitter question at Ben Z. Kenny up right now. Uh, are the Bucks in trouble, whether it's versus the Heat or long term? 62.3% say no. Giannis seems to be back tonight based on reports. So that quells all of the concerns there. Still 30% are somewhat concerned about the Bucks being in trouble. I am. There is an inkling of concern. It's more of the long term. It's more of looking at the rest of the playoffs. But we'll take your calls when we come back and get back into the conversation. Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael show. We're back. Ben Kenny Grant Bills Monday. Bill's going to be back on Wednesday leading up to the NFL draft, which is obviously Thursday night. We got the draft show 7 to 11 on many of these same stations on Thursday. We'll get into the draft coming up uh, a little later on today. Got Aaron Rodgers updates at 11. There is some, it, it, it's like a fire grant and oh. It was almost out in terms of the media, Rogers covering circus. It was almost out, and then you, you start to see the little smoke come up. And when there's smoke, it means there's little embers at the bottom of the fire. And then the thing that can ignite that further is large quantities of air. And that's what it feels like Sunday was. Got a Rappaport report, if you will. Ah. And the fire is starting to ignite in terms of Everybody's back talking about the Rodgers trade. Speaking of uh, the Packers and the draft, this could be a little teaser for what is to come. Did you see what the official Green Bay Packers account tweeted out 15 minutes ago? No. Uh, they they tweeted out a prospect primer uh, sponsored by Invisalign. <laughs> and it is a pass rusher that posted 13 and a half sacks among oh. 19 and a half tackles for loss over the last two years for at Hawkeye football. Oh, yes, Grant. I, I saw the best mock draft I've ever seen today. Oh, first round, Lucas Van Ness, Iowa. Second round, Sam Laporta, Iowa. Oh, it's just a factory. <laughs> you don't. We don't need this just because of you. Yes, we like, do. That'd be incredible. We managed to talk. How many minutes did we allocate to Iowa football on Friday? Despite that, they're not doing anything. I guess there was a little Brian Ferentz buzz, but like you're going to be insufferable if this happens. It's going to be 50% Iowa football all the time. Kenny and Heilprin is going to become a Hawkeye show. It already is. Deacon Hill had a big spring game after transferring there from Wisconsin. The offense was humming. Sources told me that the ball was, quote, exploding out of Cade McNamara's hand. <laughs> this is too much. Uh, it's amazing. 877. Actually, anything to distract me from Buck's heat tonight. Talk, talk Hawkeyes. 877-867-1670. Our buddy Ryan chimes in on Twitter at Ben Z. Kenny. He said he's super excited about the Jay Crowder trade when it happened. But what a colossal disappointment on both sides of the ball. I expect a lot more from him. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. Jay Crowder has not done anything awesome. This is on Middleton, Drew, Brooke. Would you disagree? Like, if someone wants to make a big deal about how the Crowder signing is underwhelming, I would say that they then expected too much of Crowder. I agree. It's the same way that, think of the best, oh, Badger basketball. 
Same sport. It's the same way that when Jordan Davis had a tough game, I didn't talk about Jordan Davis being the reason they lost because we shouldn't expect Jordan Davis to be leading the team. That's on. He was, he was never given the chance to lead the team to be fair, but but that's on Tyler wall. It's on Crowell. It's on Hepburn. Those are the guys that you rely on to do it. So yes. Has it been a disappointment? Sure. He's not having a, a huge impact, but it wasn't. That's not a signing where you expect the guy to come in and be the difference. Yeah. I think Boston was always going to be the series for Jay Crowder just because I think the, the matchups are a little bit better. Miami's a little bit smaller. Like Jay Crowder's a bigger guy. And I don't know that Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, they're a little quicker, a little more nimble. Oh, Vincent, by the way, he, he nobody annoys me in this series. I Duncan Robinson, but nobody annoys me more irritates to the core than Gabe Vincent. Well, he already tried to pull Drew Holiday's arm out of its socket once in game one. I believe it was. I just, I don't know, but these are the guys that the Bucks are breathing life into by messing around and letting this become a series. Like Gabe Vincent shouldn't be a thing, but they've allowed Gabe no. Vincent to be a thing because of the way they've played through three games. I'm with you. I, just, I go back to it. After what we saw in game two, there should be no excuse to have that approach, have that effectiveness every other time you play the Heat without Giannis, which makes game three worse. The fact that they got outscored by 10 in the paint to a smaller yeah. team, it's those things. Well, and watch tonight, Ben Kenny. From the jump, we're going to have like four or five post-up plays for Brooke Lopez and for Giannis. Like, oh. they're just going to pound the paint, and you're going to be sitting on your couch feeling like a moron. That's how I felt in game two. I'm like, oh, so it was this obvious, and now they're going to do it. Like, that's the Bucks, though. They're like a like a train it takes them a while to adjust and change direction but when they do oh that's why i think they'll probably win tonight but it is frustrating it takes them a while to make some of these tweaks i get it 877-867-1670 real quick let's go to the phones got a minute here line one who we got yeah this is jeff from belleville what's up jeff what's in your mind Oh, like listen to these people like really be just dismissive of you know the box is just like stop it dude like I understandable that, you know, like it's sad to see, like it's really sad to see them not perform like this, but like coach, Bud, his, his position is just like, Hey, this is what you're doing wrong. Make this little adjustment here. You know, here to help you out. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just really, it's, it's just really, yeah, really hard to just hear people just be this dismissive about the team. Like, yes, Giannis is very important to this team, but you know, the, it's, Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just rather confused why we're just being this dismissive. Like they're, I I think one of the bigger things is is that with them coming to Miami, you know the the ambiance and uh, the court that they're playing on, it's it's, just, it's a whole different you know area that they're you know that they're playing in. So maybe they need to make a few adjustments with the audience while the play, you know, players at their own hometown. It's just you know it's just kind of frustrating here. I got you. I appreciate the phone call. We have to run here. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Every team deals with that. Yeah. Playing on the road. There are like, it's the playoffs, right? There's adversity at, at every corner. I don't mean to be dismissive. I'm more saying how much of a disappointment Saturday's loss was because of what we expect from the team. Not to say I expect them to win handily tonight. I expect them to win the series in six, but we still can't have them having those performances as often as they've had them so far in the playoffs. 
That's where I come down. 877-867-1670. We'll come back in a few. Ben Kenny Grant Bills and for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Bill Michaels Show. We're back. Welcome in. 877-867-1670. Ben Kenny Grant Bills. Hitting the top of the hour here in a couple minutes. We'll get to some some Aaron Rodgers updates when we come back. Checking on the Twitter question as well. Are the Bucks in trouble going uh, against the Heat both for the rest of this series and also uh, going forward for the rest of the playoffs as they look to win the NBA title? But the Aaron Rodgers updates, we'll get to that when we come back. Take your calls as well. Throw the throw Rodgers in. We could take Bucks calls. If they're still at top of mind, 877-867-1670. Bucks seven-point favorites against the Heat tonight with the news that Giannis, it looks like he will be playing, which there's confidence in Vegas, Grant. I don't know if that gives me... It gives me enough confidence to think they win tonight, but it's sure going forward. I think the most important thing is get the win, get it to 2-2 with two of the next three games in Milwaukee. If it's not pretty... We can deal, as Kendall Roy once said. We can deal. We can deal. <laughs> sure. Get it back to Milwaukee, two of the final three in there, and Pfizer. Yep. Some would call it a must win. 877-867-1670. We're back in a few. It's the Bill Michael Show.